Welcome to a special edition of the No Spin Dash Zone. It's gonna be around Valentine's Day when this episode comes out, so we figured we'd do a fancy little special. I think we might have mentioned this on the show before, like as a concept, but today we're gonna be reading some fanfic that we found, and each of us has picked a few stories that the other two have not seen, and our goal today is to read some fun stories, to enjoy ourselves, and to not roast the author for their work yeah we're here to celebrate their work and to encourage people to write and whether or not the stories that we picked are in some ways silly any criticisms that we have should be constructive and not deconstructive i think it kind of goes without saying or you know it doesn't go without saying but i'm gonna say it a lot of fan fiction is kind of bad and like that's all right you know i think you sort of should should expect that when going in and like still have a good time anyway yeah, especially since a lot of fan fiction, I would imagine, is someone's first time at writing something, at least seriously. Oh, yeah. And that means that there are obviously going to be problems that they have that they will fix in later works and stuff like that. And then also, some people just come to fan fiction to, like, vent, so they're not trying to be super serious, so they just kind of put ideas out there and let people who like them enjoy them. So when when looking for fan fictions, I originally browsed by the angst tag. <laughs> That's a bold move. Because I was like, you know, it's Valentine's Day. There are generally two emotions you feel on that on that <laughs> holiday, and that is either romance or angst. So, so you wanted, like, the I can be your angle or I can be your devil approach? <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of what I found was, like, this is exactly the kind of quality that I don't feel good about reading because I would just, like, make fun of it, and that's not productive. And also, like, a lot of the time, it wasn't bad enough to make fun of, if that makes sense. Like, it was just an inexperienced writer doing their best, and, like, that, you know, you don't want to try and draw comedy out of that because it just, like, would be mean. Yeah, it only serves to hurt the author, and it probably wouldn't have been super funny anyway. Yeah, plus I kept finding porn, so. (laughs) Like, we were looking around for fanfiction, we were sort of workshopping this idea, and we searched for fanfictions that seemed to be purposefully bad on like a tv tropes page yeah and we found a banger but it's not exactly (laughs) what we were looking for for this particular special so maybe we'll come to that at a different point i think i definitely think the genre of bad fan fiction has a place for sure yeah i also think that this podcast might very well be the place for it (laughs) i agree with that as another note we will be crediting the authors for their work oh yeah as best we can given that like they're they're largely usernames and not real names yeah i think that without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and get started with my first story it's a very short one and the title of the story is secrets and it's authored by shadow star tigs so let me know whenever you guys have the page open all right okay got it not go on that screen am i supposed to say i have it open now yeah oh okay I have it open. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, I didn't realize how embarrassing this was going to be. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to go first. It really is like school again. Here's the... Do not feel pressured to do the voices, for the record. Okay, let me just give this a shot here. Yeah. A dragon! The hawk's cry echoed through the mountain's pass. Sorry, through the mountain. God damn it, already I fucked up. I swear I read this twice through to make sure that I would not misread words. A dragon! The hawk's cry echoed through the mountainous pass. Of course there was a dragon! 
Enough, Lamrick. Lancelot's cold command cut through the air. From where he trailed behind, Galhad winced at the familiar tone that was too often directed at himself when he was distracted during training. Beside him, Percival, the reason for such distractions, smiled. Poor brother seems to have earned your father's ire already. Gawain glanced back at the two youngest knights. He's been complaining about our quest for the past hour. The dragon wasn't even hard to slay. Anxiously glancing at his father, Galahad spoke. It's certainly complicated, our mission, Gawain. And the king did attempt to come with us. The echidna laughed. Yes, but Percival Lancelot and myself put a stop to that easily enough, and I'm sure, by the time Caliburn is done with him, the king will never try such a thing again. I don't think he'll learn, Gawain, the Silver Knight frowned. Before the conversation could continue, the startled cry of Lamrick came from ahead. Lancelot, his blade drawn, had turned on the hawk who held his weapons up in defense. Purple eyes rolled as Gawain sighed. I'll stop them. As they watched their- Oh, I thought that said Edge. God damn it. As they watched their elder jog away, Percival closed the distance between herself and her friend. Noticing Percival's advance, Galahad blushed, waited. The cat's amber eyes shimmered in the setting sun. Are you alright, Galahad? That dragon got awfully close to you. The younger knight's blush deepened and he stared at his feet. I'm fine, just a little bruised. I've never seen anyone fight a dragon like you did today. Percival shot her companion a knowing smile. It's a lot easier to fight the beast when you can't get burned. The noise from their companions had vanished, and in the silence the two seemed to forget the world around them. Gold eyes met amber, and both were painted every color of fire by the fading light. The pair's noses were touching. The burns and scars from the day's events long forgotten as the bliss of young love filled the knight's minds. Percival! Galahad! Gawain's strong voice shattered the spell, and the pair sprung apart. Glancing towards the echidna, it was clear that Lancelot was missing, likely forging ahead on his personal quest to return to the castle in peace. Lamrick shot the young pair a wave, which beckoned them forward before turning to press on with Gawain, unable to wait due to Lancelot's retreating form. Galahad shot- sorry. <laughs> I've, heard, I've read that as if his retreating form was like his Super Saiyan form. <laughs> <laughs> unable to wait due form. to Lancelot's retreating form. <laughs> Galahad shot Percival a sad but knowing smile over the lost moment in their secret relationship and resumed walking. The female knight quickly fell into step and, unwilling to risk exposure by grasping her love's hand, brushed her arm against his own. Their armor ruined any real intimacy offered by the contact, but the two knights treasured it all the same. Despite the loss of the elder and more experienced knights, there was no urgency in their pace. To any unknowing eyes, it could have been a young couple on a romantic stroll rather than two battle-weary knights. Unknown to the pair, two set of eyes had witnessed their exchange. Lamrick's holding a fierce look of protection as he watched his sister angle her body towards the silver-furred knight. Gawain smiled and nudged his ally. They can't know we saw them, Lamrick. Of course they can't, the hawk hissed. Lancelot mustn't know either. Know what? Gawain's voice was filled with innocence as both hawk and echidna risked another glance at the lovers, who were lost to the world. That's the end of it. So, uh, that was really good. Yeah. But in particular, I want to highlight a line that just struck me in particular. I already said in particular. This is why they're the writer and not me. (laughs) (laughs) The noise from their companions had vanished, and in the silence, the two seemed to forget the world around them. Gold eyes met amber, and both were painted every color of fire by the fading light. That's such a good line. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I think that in addition to that line... The little moments that they share that are not, like, kissing are super cute because they yeah. can't... Yeah, like, the noses touching and then also, like, bumping armor together. It's, like, super awkward, but they still both like it. The way that, like, affection is expressed under circumstances that you can't do what you normally would... Yeah. Makes it feel a lot more, like, precious and genuine. Yeah, for sure. 
Also, I like how these tiny little relationships are expressed between each character super quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at one point in the story, Lancelot draws his weapon, and that would seem intense normally, but because of the way the story treats it, everyone isn't super worried about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just seems like an everyday occurrence that, like, Lancelot <laughs> would get pissed at uh, Lamrick. So I, I do think this story has one issue for me, which is that there's, like roughly no exposition as to who is who and that's that's less of an issue if you've recently played sonic and the secret rings which unfortunately for me i have not you mean black knight black knight thank you very much for the correction (laughs) yeah it's a lot more (laughs) fortunate that i haven't played secret rings recently (laughs) i was thinking about like going in and control f correcting the names to the like sonic one Yeah, because cause the, the lack of familiarity does make it a little bit harder. But I think once you get into, like, once once you get, like, a quarter of the way in and it becomes very focused on, like, two particular characters, it becomes extremely strong. And also, according to the bottom, this is part three of a series. So I imagine you have more time to get familiar with the characters within the work itself. Yeah, I also noticed that it was, like, part of a series, and I was kind of interested because I feel like it's written really well to be a one-shot thing. Yeah, and I I agree with that. Yeah, it's just nice to see things from the perspective. Like, you could do this with, like, regular Sonic characters, but I really appreciate the added touch of making in the Black Knight universe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also I feel like the setting that they are knights sort of helps with the idea that their love is forbidden in, like, a pretty weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe not even, like, forbidden, but just, like, it's more convenient to keep it a secret. (laughs) So the weird, weird little awkward things they have to do that, like, would be a bump on the arm is instead, like, clanking of armor. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they can't even physically touch in that way. They just have to clank armor together and then be like, yeah, but we know what this is supposed to mean. Yeah, I thought it was super cute. Yeah. That's really good. I certainly would give this story a thumbs up out of 10. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So that's just sort of like a little taste of what's going on. I think that's the shortest story that any of us have, right? I just want to say real quick, what I like the most about this story is that so many of the like sentences or paragraphs are just like pleasant to hear for me. Like they, they evoke really good imagery. Like they sound nice. Uh, It's, it's really good. Yeah, the the only line that I was a little bit questionable about when I first read it was the painted every color of fire by the fading light, but each time that I read it, the more I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a line that I just, like, was thinking about for, like, a full paragraph. I, I missed the noses touching. Like, I missed the meaning of that as you read it because I was stuck on the previous line. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a good thing. It becomes less of a good thing in audio form, but, you know... <laughs> I also think that, like, the idea of Sonic characters and noses touching is funny because they're really long. <laughs> yeah. Like, their faces weren't actually that close. It's just that, like, if you look at someone <laughs> at a reasonable distance, you're going to bump them with your nose. <laughs> it's really good. I think I do have a problem, which is that you started too strong. Yeah. And I think I'm going to correct that. Uh, with... <laughs> Oh, you mean like I opened us on a really good story? Yeah, and I think I I think we're gonna. Okay, just to be clear, what I'm gonna read is good, but it it's not the same. Like it's it's not the same caliber or caliburn, if you will. <laughs> God damn it! So anyway, this is Breakfast at Tales by Mabel. <laughs> Holy shit! I already 
am in love with it. Is that like a a, a pun on breakfast at Tiffany's? Uh, oh man, I am so ready. You know the character Bokun from Sonic X, the TV show? Yes. <laughs> well, is this a, he's is this in about this. them. Oh, it's. Oh my, oh my god. Oh, I'm going to try and not read the summary. That's that's a good call. Tails was still awake. That was a given. He was usually awake late into the night, working on whatever he had on hand. So even though he retired to his room, here he was writing at his desk, already planning most of the next day. Him and the others would be visiting Chris soon, and Tails wanted something substantial to bring with him to show off. Maybe his grappling beam, perhaps his scooter, <laughs> absolutely nothing explosive. Unfortunately, he waited until the last minute to go through with making something specific. Tails knew he was overthinking this, and yet continued to write in a race and write some more. His pencil wore down its lead, and the bulb in his lamp dinned and flickered in duress. The night continued to drone onward, and silence had overtaken the house, other than the dull scratching of pencil on paper. The last thing he expected was to hear a soft tapping on his window. His ears twitched, briefly wondering if he imagined it, and then he looked over. To his surprise, there was Bokun hovering in the window. The biobot gave him a wave and a toothy smile, then pointed at the latch on the window to signal that he wanted to be let inside. Tails stood from his desk, crossed over to open the window, and sent Bokun a confused look as he awaited some form of explanation. Sorry to come by so late, but you weren't sleeping anyway, Bokun pointed out as he slipped his legs into the window and sat on the edge, looking around. Not exactly what I expected your bedroom to look like. He looked at the bed and frowned at it. Really not surprised that you slept on a cot. With that, he dropped inside and let himself in the rest of the way. The fox chuckled slightly and shut the window behind him. I'm downsizing. <laughs> Try downsizing that clutter you have downstairs next time, Bokun quipped as he collapsed sideways on the bed. So, how long are you staying awake? Because I've got a few hours to kill. This piqued Tails' interest and he sat down in his chair again, turning it to face his guest. Did something happen? Tails asked. He watched as the biobot rubbed at his own face with a tired groan. Do you want to talk about it? The smaller gave what was almost a shrug. It might make you feel better. It's Dr. Eggman, Bokun admitted. He quickly <laughs> went from reluctant to talk to spilling everything. We got in this huge fight. I don't even know what it was about. He was yelling and I was like, I'm practically an adult. I can do what I want. <laughs> so he said, as long as you're in this house, you're going to do what I say. And then he goes on about that fiasco over at the casino, and I'm telling him that I wasn't... You're not even paying attention, Bokun <laughs> flatly finished as he looked over at Tails. No, no, I'm listening, keep going, Tails remarked as he continued to work at his desk. Back turned to the bot. Oh yeah? Last 12 words or so, Bokun challenged as he sat up and crossed his arms. Suspicion narrowed his yellow eyes. You're not even paying attention, Tails recited back. He then turned to face Bokun, sending him a playful smile as he draped his arm over the back of his chair. You were talking about Eggman being upset at the about the casino that blew up? Ah, uh, yes, Bokun lamented, tossing his arms into the air dramatically. He thinks I blew it up. Or at least, he thinks I did it alone. He wrapped his arms around his legs and glared at the wooden floor. It's always, Bokun, go find that Chaos Emerald. Bokun, go clean out the storage room. Bokun, you missed curfew again. He's always badgering me now. He never used to do this when I was little. His annoyance briefly changed to a look of sadness. I used to be his little buddy, and now I'm just that guy he yells at all the time. <laughs> this is such a good story. Kun, you know it's not like that. Tails wasn't one to defend Eggman, but he felt like he needed to be assuring for Bokun's sake. All of this sounded more like mixed communication and less like something more serious. After all, Eggman did exclusively treat Bokun more like his child and less like his robot. 
Even when he was young, Eggman seemed to cut a lot of the breaks for Bokun, and this change in the relationship resembled more natural, though that didn't mean it was a welcome change. Setting aside his work, Tails walked over to the bed and sat down beside him. Bokun responded by turning over and facing the wall, seemingly growing embarrassed by the emotion that he had exhibited. While the fox considered trying to give vocal consoling, he had a feeling that it wouldn't work that well. It was one thing telling Bokun that Eggman really cared, but it was another thing getting him to believe it. Instead, Tails laid back on the bed, arms folded under his head, and stared at the ceiling. It was a comfortable sort of silence. They weren't talking or touching, but them being there was just enough to make it all feel better. Tails turned his head towards Bokun and decided to make an offer. You could stick around here for a while. I'm not going to bed anytime soon. Bokun stiffly rolled over and looked to the fox. After a few moments, he sent him a small smile. Yeah, alright. I think I can stand you that long. Apparently he couldn't, because the next thing Bokun knew, he was waking up. He stiffly fidgeted on the bed and sighed at the warmth surrounding him. Something soft and warm was wrapped loosely around him, and he nestled further back into the softness with the heavy fog of sleep still weighing on him. It wasn't until his yellow eyes opened a slither that he realized the wall he was staring at shouldn't be there. Then he glanced downwards at the warmth hugging into him. Arms and tails. He was at tails. He hadn't gone home. <laughs> do you guys want me to keep reading, or do you want a break in the middle to uh, discuss or like get into somebody else's, if you have a shorter story? Well, I'll certainly say that if you want, we can have uh, Charlie start reading, since he's the only one that hasn't read yet. Or mm -hmm. we could also just take a brief moment to discuss, because I certainly would like to say that I like the story a lot so far. Yeah. I'm about a third of the way into it right now, so this is roughly the most natural place to stop if we want a break. What do you think, Charlie? I guess that's fine. So what I have enjoyed so far, and spoiler, will continue to enjoy uh, the most about this story, is that it's like... It's really banter-heavy. Like, it's just characters hanging out. Yeah, in a real way. Yeah, it feels pretty organic for the characters given what we know about them. Which, for me and Bokun, is admittedly not that much. <laughs> yeah, I, d I did not know Bokun was a character. I have seen art of this character before, <laughs> had no idea what his name was. Yeah, I, I mean, I've watched some Sonic X because I'm a real Sonic fan. Um, <laughs> I, I have watched the first episode. But he's, he's an extremely minor character. Also, I'm assuming that Bokun is male because Kun is the, you know, Japanese honorific that refers to like a young man. Yeah. He But yeah. He's a robot, right? Yeah, he's a robot. I was kind of weirded out that he just called him Kun and that was like <laughs> yeah. But I guess calling him Bokun is kind of weird. It's all weird. Yeah. But like you accept that going in. Tails is a a talking fox with two tails. <laughs> Who's not sure whether to bring his grappling beam or his scooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite part of the story, Charlie? Good question. I think for me, it is the, like, the bit where Tails is like, I'm downsizing, and Bokun is like, try downsizing that clutter. Like, there's they're trying to be witty at each other. Yeah. And semi-succeeding. Like, I'm sufficiently charmed by it. I guess I'm a big fan of how it's all set up. Yeah. Like, just how Tails is just not a very... He's always busy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's working in his workshop, then he goes upstairs, then he's riding on his desk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I kind of agree that just sort of the... For me, it's like the setting and the vibe of, like, somebody sneaks into Tails' room, and he seems comfortable with it, but not particularly interested. Yeah. But then when he realizes that his friend is, like, a little bit hurt, he, like, you know, he narrows in, and, and like, that mood is kind of fun. Yeah. It, it, it's giving us, like, a simple but, like... 
like special moment. Yeah, which I think is something that similar to what we got in my story as well. Mm-hmm. Like it was an innocuous moment, but you know, really important for the relationship. I think I think yours felt really really important and like really intimate, where I think this is much lighter. Yeah, but it still, it still feels important, like to the characters. Yeah, like, this is something special that they have that they don't have with anyone else. Yeah, that's that's true. And maybe it's not romantic. They do end up sleeping together, but. <laughs> uh, I think you should rephrase that. <laughs> what they they slept and they were together. What's the? <laughs> uh, I I mean I know what you mean, but the double entendre does not go away. Yeah, as far as we know, they haven't boned yet. Right then. <laughs> <laughs> So, would we like to keep reading this story, or do we want to hop over to Charlie's next story? I can do either one. Charlie, how do you feel? I mean, I personally don't like breaking the story. All right. But it's a very long story. I would also be totally fine with just continuing to read Isaiah's story. All right. Then, without further ado, Gah! Bokun choked out as he suddenly flung his arms out, knocking off Tail's grip and fumbling off the bed. Oh, Chaos, Eggman's gonna deactivate me for this. Oh, Chaos, Tails, why didn't you wake me up? He's going to notice I was out all night. Bokun babbled as he stumbled over his feet. His vest was still on and his goggles still hung around his neck, thankfully. He grabbed his jetpack off the foot of the bed as Tails sat upwards on the bed. Apparently, the entire event was unplanned, as Bokun doubted that Tails usually slept on top of his blankets. (laughs) What? What's going on? Tails groggily asked, blue eyes still unfocused as he watched the biobot scramble around. I spent the night here, Bokun blurted out in a panic, and if Eggman finds out, he's going to lose it. He grabbed his messenger bag off the floor and rushed out of the bedroom door. I'm confiscating whatever sweets you have in the fridge for repayment. As he dashed down the stairs, he could only barely hear Tails calling after him, but ignored it as he sh- Just give it, give it a good two breaths. Yeah. As he dashed down the stairs, he could only barely hear Tails calling after him, but ignored it as he took a sharp right turn around a tower of cardboard boxes. His mind was focused, grab some sort of replacement for breakfast, dash out, get to base, and then lie convincingly. And it all would have worked so well, too, if Bokun hadn't walked around that tower and suddenly came face to face with Sonic. The exchange that followed was almost completely silent. Bokun's eyes widened and his mouth clenched, Sonic's brows raised in confusion, but then a quick look of realization suddenly flared by. What followed was a slowly spreading smirk that did everything it could to tell Bokun that Sonic was almost entirely on to what happened. The bot could only stare blankly as a pink blush spread along his face. Well, good morning, Bokun. When do you turn up? Sonic asked with a fake innocence. Then his tone turned coy. Seems a little early to be delivering messages, isn't it? There was no way that he could know. Unless Sonic had camped out on the couch and knew that Bokun hadn't come in this morning. Or unless he heard the yelling upstairs, which he very well could have. Either way, Bokun found any sort of real response starting to fade away. Uh, just, you know, around, thought I could mooch some breakfast, you know, Bokun answered as, as he faked a casual shrug. Just about the same thing you're doing, probably, so watch out for that glass house. It was at that moment that Tails suddenly sprinted around the corner and came to an abrupt halt behind Bokun. While the bot didn't dare look back, he could only assume that the fox looked as as flustered as he did, with messy fur and widened blue eyes that gawked at Sonic's smug look. Oh, hey Sonic, Tails greeted. His tone was only moderately more believable than Bokun's was. Excuse me. 
Uh, Bokun was just coming by about a message from Eggman. It was about Chaos Emerald locations, but it's not important, so you don't need to see it. So I offered him breakfast before he left. As detailed as the explanation was, Bokun had a feeling that it had the opposite effect. Uh, yeah, about that. I'm just gonna take off. Places to go, people to prank, duties to avoid. Bokun tried his own excuse, and turning to head off towards the front door. Before he could even take a step, Sonic darted forward and blocked him off, leaning against the doorframe into the living room. What's the rush? It's too early to go running off. Sonic then snapped his fingers. Hey, why don't you stick around for breakfast? It's almost done. As much as I'd love that, I... Bokun glanced over at Tails. Just seeing his look made his own blush intensify dramatically. The messenger started to lose his composure. His compositor. <laughs> Wait, is that a robot pun or is that a spelling error? <laughs> I don't error? know. <laughs> Either way, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. I, uh, I've got to get back or I'm, I'm dead, Bokun choked out as he looked over to the side. The blush was excruciating, as was that clear smirk that Sonic seemed to be wearing. Yet the hedgehog wouldn't let them go anything soon. I'm dead. Well, the best cure for death's a hot meal, I always say, and I don't know why. Sonic remarked matter-of-factly. <laughs> what? <laughs> then he gestured into the kitchen. But anyway, breakfast is in the kitchen. Come on, you can enjoy with us. Maybe shoot the breeze about what kind of night we've been having. As the blue hedgehog disappeared into the kitchen, Bokun looked at Tails in horror. Tails raised his hand in defense. Maybe he's just testing us. If you run off now, he's going to suspect the worst, Tails whispered in defense. Oh, that was a whisper. Um, <laughs> you can retake it if you'd like. No, I think we're good. And Bokun slouched with a huff. Fine, Bokun grumbled in an embarrassment as he wandered into the kitchen. I'll just tell Eggman that Sonic held me hostage. I won't even be lying. <laughs> so good. <laughs> One would assume that Sonic's main hobbies were running, fighting crime, and largely drifting around the world at his leisure. This was largely correct, but cooking was one of the few things that broke the pattern. Cooking required patience and observation, two things that most would assume to bore Sonic, but he enjoyed cooking, though Sonic's idea of creativity came out as rather peculiar. The dogs are just about ready, Sonic assured <laughs> as he approached the stove. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Stop right now. <laughs> you two just sit down and don't run off while I'm not looking. I'm not promising anything, Bokun muttered as he slumped down, propping his head up with one hand. He still didn't feel fully rested and suppressed a yawn, not wanting to tip Sonic off any further. As it was, Sonic was suspicious but knew nothing, and he had to keep it that way. He looked over towards Tails and could see that he was moderately more nervous-looking. The fox anxiously twiddled his thumbs and chewed at his lip, looking just about ready to start hyperventilating. But Bokun understood why. Sonic finding out for Tails was just as bad as Eggman finding out for himself. Though he doubts Sonic, he we're almost there. Though he doubted that Sonic would consider scrapping Tails over something like this. More than likely, <laughs> that's sorry. That's just like a really good reference to Eggman. <laughs> yeah. More than likely, Sonic would mock relentlessly, tell everyone, it would circle back to Eggman, who would also mock and then Bokun would be shipped off to spring cleaning. Bokun inwardly shuddered at the thought. Perhaps Tails somehow noticed as he looked upwards. They briefly shared a gaze for a few seconds, but then both lost their nerve and quickly looked away. Here we go, Sonic exclaimed with almost pride as he laid down a plate of chili dogs. Oh my god. <laughs> or at least, they resembled chili dogs. Instead of chili, they were topped with scrambled eggs, bacon, and melted cheese. 
Sonic then dropped himself into the seat between the two. Dig in, but remember, it's the most important meal of the day, and I doubt you've eaten yet. That last comment was directed at Bokun. Real quick, would you eat breakfast dogs? Hell yes. <laughs> That's just a breakfast burrito with like a hot dog in it, so yeah, as yeah. long as the hot dog was cooked properly. I, I'm also extremely into it. Like, as I was reading this, I was like, wait a second, is this a really good idea? <laughs> oh no. What does that mean? Bokun asked back with suspicion. I don't know what you're suggesting. I'm suggesting that you're up with the rooster running errands for Egghead, Sonic innocently offered. And we're all friends, right? The hedgehog ignored the bot's quiet, no. Who's better to have <laughs> breakfast with? Hey Tails, you okay? You look a little spacey. Huh? Tails asked, clearly not paying all the attention that he could be. Oh, yeah, sure thing, Sonic. He then went for a breakfast dog as Sonic looked back to Bokun. Five bucks says he has no idea what I just said, Sonic joked as he grabbed one for himself. Come on, try it. It's not going to kill you. Bokun frowned at the comment, but decided to risk it and go for the breakfast. Again, he needed to act casual or Sonic would catch on to something being amiss. He took a tentative bite. Well, what do you think? It hasn't killed me yet, Bokun answered quietly. He absentmindedly fiddled with his vest, trying to ignore how nervous he was. Tails was obviously not going to handle a conversation on his own, which meant that Bokun had to continue with Sonic. Alright, it's good. Are you happy? Pretty much, Sonic answered. He continued eating, pausing to ask, So, what's Eggman up to? Tails suddenly listened in and knew this could go one of two ways. Either Bokun could be dismissive and the conversation would change, or... I'll tell you what he's been up to, making my life a living nightmare. Or Bokun could pick up from last night and make everything even more awkward. Tails lowered his ears and meekly coughed, trying to catch the bot's attention. It didn't work. Eggman's been on this thing about asserting his dominance and it's seriously going to his head. I've had it up to here with his constant rules. Don't run in the base, no unacceptable music. Constantly asking me to make him sandwiches? Bokun cut off with an angry bite of his breakfast dog, then changed tune. Honestly, I'm about to bomb on Tails' couch instead of going home. You do it, so I couldn't be that tacky. Uh, Bokun, <laughs> Tails finally broke in. <laughs> he cleared his voice once the pitch came out too high. Orange juice? <laughs> this is... That's such a good set of lines. <laughs> Big ups. Sure, Bokun answered. Thankfully, it seemed to click that he was walking a fine line, so he quickly pulled the conversation back. But of course, I wouldn't want to take the couch from you. Then where would you sleep? He sent in a he sent in a somewhat smugly playful smile at Sonic. But of course, Sonic. Can you review that line? Yeah. You added the word in, and I think it really messed up the meaning. Oh god, I think I think that's true. Let me just get a drink real quick. Yep, you're all good. Turns out speaking for for 20 minutes is oh, it's tough. Yeah. That's why I was suggesting like we might do breaks, switch it mm. back and forth. But you seem to be doing fine. Yeah, I think it's it's all right. I just need uh, to swallow my own spit every couple of seconds. Yeah, it's all good. But of course, I wouldn't want to take the couch from you. Then where would you sleep? He sent a somewhat smugly playful smile at Sonic. But of course, Sonic sim si There's too many S's, my dude. <laughs> yeah, Sonic simply responded, it's not easy. <laughs> There's also a- he sent a somewhat sim- He sent a somewhat smugly <laughs> playful smile at Sonic, and then Sonic simply responded. This I is retribution for you doing that fucking thing to Charlie with the, with the Sonic comic stuff. <laughs> but of course, Sonic simply responded. Tails' ear twitched at the tone, but nobody seemed to notice. See, we can all hang out without fighting. In fact, I'd say you two probably should hang out. Who couldn't use a good friend? Especially one who can work on you if you get a glitch or something. 
This was the comment that finally broke Bokun's compositor. It is not <laughs> composition, it is compositor. That's so good. It's also so good that they did it twice to make sure you knew it was not just a spell That's correct error. definitely worth it. He dropped the dog on the table and his yellow <laughs> Every eyes... Every time they say the dog, it just destroys me. <laughs> he dropped the dog on the table. I'm sorry, it gets me too. <laughs> And his yellow eyes widened in a very guilty way, along with the rapid darkening of that blush. Unfortunately for him, he thought Sonic had not known about the occasional tune-ups. Tails had mentioned it in passing to Sonic before they had even gone to Balloon Park together, so Sonic knew this, and maybe Sonic now figured out what else was going on. Tails felt ready to panic and looked back to Bokun. He didn't look any better. Then, abruptly, Bokun stood from the table. Well, this has been a blast, but I have at least 20 more things I've got to get done before Dr. Eggman will let me back in the base. Sonic... Bokun rushed out. Sonic didn't say that. <laughs> Sonic did not say that Bokun rushed out. <laughs> no. So I guess I'll see you when I see you. Thanks for breakfast. He pulled up his goggles over his eyes and sped out to the front door. I'll see him out, Tails choked out as he stood from the table. He followed after Bokun, rushing to catch up before he fully got away. Sonic didn't follow or say anything. He just moved on to a second breakfast dog. <laughs> this time, breakfast dog is capitalized, like it's its title. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah, so like glad. Breakfast of the dog? Yeah. <laughs> Bokun was standing outside the front door, looking a bit frantic, clearly preparing to take off as Tails hurried out. Bokun, wait! Tails stopped him as he shut the front door behind him. Wait, it's okay. What was that? Bokun blurted out as he turned to face the fox. He's definitely faking it. He knows exactly what's going on. Sonic was just talking out loud, Tails defended as he raised his hands. He he knows I've worked on you before, but he doesn't know about us. It's too soon. It's too soon for us for him to know. In a way, perhaps he was so defensive because of his own denial. Yet the turn in conversation suddenly gave him an idea. You know, we could actually use this to our advantage, Tails remarked, rubbing his chin thoughtfully. I could just tell Sonic that I was tuning you up and we were a little uncomfortable talking about it. It would be better than whatever he's thinking. People usually talk out loud, Bokun flatly remarked. <laughs> huh? This, this oh, guy yeah. Is the best. <laughs> Tails rubbed the back of his head with a sheepish chuckle. You know how well I do under pressure. This got a small, amused smile from Bokun. However, the bot was clearly just as worried as the fox was. But what do you think? I don't think he'll buy it, but it's worth a shot, Bokun suggested with a shrug. He reached into his bag and pulled out a wristwatch, one that Tails had never seen him wear or knew existed before now. Yeah, I need to keep moving. If Eggman asks, this morning never happened. If only Sonic was that easy, Tails joked and tiredly crossed his arms. He was about to turn and head back inside when Bokun inched a little closer. The biobot tapped his fingers on the watch in his hands before shrugging again. Apparently, Bokun thought that shrugging so much made him look casual. Yeah, w well, we'll live. We survived breakfast, Bokun assured. He still didn't go anywhere, as though he was unsure whether to leave or not. It was possible that he was just afraid to go back to the base and confront Eggman. Kun, I'm sorry about all this, Tails apologized as he reached out and pulled him closer, as though preparing to hug him. Next time the bed's off limits. It's too late, I already figured out your bed is comfortable. You're just gonna have to stay up all night next time, Bokun suggested. This coaxed lighter laughter out of Tails. And maybe next time, you should make sure we... It was at this moment when Tails leaned down and pressed his lips to Bokun's forehead. Almost immediately, Bokun's mouth shut and the heat coursed over his face again. He still wasn't used to this, but he enjoyed he. 
He enjoyed that fluttering feeling more than he could put words, and more than he could show beyond a shaky sputter. I'll, uh, see you later? Bokun suggested in a much quieter tone. If the doctor doesn't wall me in my room or something, if you don't see me for a week, just assume I'm miserable. He gave a small <laughs> smile, fixed his goggles, and drew back before taking off. And again, this never happened. Same to you, Kun, Tails called after him. He then turned and head back inside, as not to leave Sonic alone for too long. He sat down and reached for his breakfast dog. <laughs> so what's the agenda today? Then he looked at Sonic and realized he was still smirking. The hedgehog was still looking just as smug now that Bokun was gone and Tails' ears lowered again. You know. You better believe I do, Sonic remarked matter-of-factly. It was that obvious? Tails squeaked out, lowering his head to the table in embarrassment. Yeah, it was, Sonic answered. But I was tipped off by the mini tantrum he threw before he came downstairs, so I got an unfair advantage. Tails groaned against the table. Don't sweat it, Tails. I'm not going to tell anyone. You won't? Tails asked, turning his head to face him. Not a soul. Besides, I think it's a good thing, Sonic punctuated the thought by shoving the rest of his breakfast dog into his mouth. <laughs> you do? Tails sat upward and his face brightened in surprise. His eyes widened and his brows raised. Why? It's about time you do something other than fiddling with machines all day, Sonic said with a playful smile. Then he gave a small punch to Tails' arm. And you sly dog, you found a literal machine that you could fiddle around with all day. You cheated the system. <laughs> Tails' head hit the table again and didn't raise throughout the rest of breakfast. And that is the end of Breakfast at Tails. You acted like my story was too good and you needed to like turn it down, but it's not that your story is just as good, just in a completely different direction. I I think I agree that like uh, this story, which I, I should say, this is by the author Mabel. I didn't I didn't credit the author initially. Uh, but if you I want, to. I can edit it so that we credit them at the beginning as well. Um, in I fact, here I'm gonna do this. Okay. Uh, in case I didn't say it at the top, my first story is titled Secrets. And it's authored by Shadow Star Tigs. I don't know how to read Archive of Our Own, so I can't find the author's name anywhere. It's just below the title. But yeah, Archive of Our Own is where my story came from. Okay. And then you can go ahead and introduce your story, and I can edit that back to the beginning of I it. I think if you want when to I do. said the title of, of the story, though, you laughed, and it was organic, and I don't want to mess with that. I can punch. So here's what you can do you can say. Buy and yeah, then the author's name, and I can punch that in under my laugh. That's true. And I will boost your volume, reduce my laugh slightly, and no one will know the difference unless they listen to this part and I leave it in. <laughs> By Mabel. All right, perfect. I really enjoy this story. I think. What, what was the name of your story? It was... Uh, Secrets. Secrets. I what I enjoyed about Secrets, by contrast, was that it was very much like there's no part of it that doesn't need to be there, you know? Yeah, it's super concise. Every every sentence contributes in a meaningful way, whereas Breakfast of Tales is a lot more like, here's a casual environment where some words don't really matter and some words matter more, and... Sometimes it's hard to tell which is which, but that's also true about this relationship. Yeah, and also the stuff you could argue that Sonic's breakfast chili dogs are not important, but I think they're <laughs> so good for putting <laughs> Tails and Bokun off balance. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, and the same for, for the reader, too. There's a really good like blend of comedy of like these people are in a tense situation, and it's, it's, it's just too ridiculous. Yeah, like Sonic is being such a goof-ass that you never feel like... <laughs> It's, it's never harrowing. Yeah. This is a very low-stakes situation. 
and it could be really high stakes, but like Sonic is treating it in just the right way that it's not. It, it, his role in the relationship is very good, I think. Yeah, I definitely think Sonic's role in this story improves it a lot. Yeah, for sure. It provides a very specific kind of comedy that I am that I'm definitely not used to experiencing in a written form. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's really good. What did you think of the story, Charlie? I think it kind of felt like Sonic X and I really liked the Yeah. The cheated the system line. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so good. There's so many Sonic lines that I was I was not expecting to like Sonic as much as I did. I'm also glad that Bokun is the only Sonic X character I had to deal with. <laughs> no uh no Chris, no uh, yeah. Deco and Boko. Yeah. There is exactly one mention of Chris and I was very worried. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think like this has exactly the right amount of characters. Oh, you know? hell yeah, it's perfect. You don't need anyone extra like Dr. Eggman is a component in the narrative, but he's not an active character. He's not in any of the scenes cuz he doesn't need to be. Yeah, but his, his presence is still felt in, like, a beneficial way. Yeah. I definitely agree, Charlie, that, that it feels like a Sonic X episode. Even outside of the dialogue, a lot of the, like, a lot of the narration feels like, yeah, no, this is this is how they would say it in Sonic X. Yeah, like, even though there are not any ships in Sonic X, from what I remember, <laughs> if there were, I, I could see it going like this. Yeah, like, I can, when when he, like, wakes up and he's in Tails' house, I can hear the Sonic X, like, background goofy music. Yeah. Of, like, realizing you're in a goofy situation, you know? For sure. For me, that's replaced with the Naruto goofy music. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. Well, I'm going to lose. <laughs> You're going to lose? lose. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think my second story is going to work, but this this first one, I'm just, I want to give it a shot because I was very interested by the pairing choices. So uh, the name of this story is Blaze Affair by Creamy the Goodness. Oh. Fanfiction.net. All right. What a name. Don't worry. It's rated T. <laughs> so I guess I'm just gonna or do, you, or do you want me to just tell you who it's ship, the shipping is I think you can just you can just read it alright yeah going cold I, I'm definitely going in cold I can tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna try to do voices in this so you'll I'll have to apologize <laughs> that's quite alright Blaze's Affair a sonic fan fiction by Creamy Goodness part one we all know the story of Silver and Blaze, the last remaining lifeforms on the planet constantly keeping Iblis at bay. Then, the shadow-looking figure Mephilus appears and then tells them Iblis first appeared by a blue hedgehog. Blaze starts to recollect it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a rough one. Blaze starts to recollect of this blue hedgehog, but unfortunately she doesn't remember so well because we don't know if the Rush series is canon to Sonic 06. <laughs> <laughs> They're so right! <laughs> Mephilus, oh using his powers and or magic, is able to send Silver and Blaze <laughs> into the past. What would come is something that we all would never suspect. When Silver first appeared in the past, he realized he and Blaze were separated. Even though they were separated, Silver still remembers Blaze's shining face and then gets started on his mission to kill the Iblis Trigger. Blaze knew she had been separated as well after going to the Wave Ocean stage. She realized she's lost and doesn't know where she's going. 
A few days later, she finds herself at the Mystic Ruins in the outskirts of Station Square. She explores the Mystic Ruins and appreciates the architect of the ruins, especially since they look like dem- especially <laughs> since they look like Dreamcast graphics. Oh, boy. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking here. Oh, my God. <laughs> then she found a ram tiki hut at the Mystic Ruins and wonders who owned it. Then a frog tripped her over and she passed out for some reason. What would come is something beautiful and also weird. <laughs> this is... This is also another unique kind of good. <laughs> yeah. Part 2. Blaze awoke to the sight of another feline presence, a heavy-set cat named Big. Are you okay? Asked Big as he tore <laughs> her voice. At, asked Big Dude, as he... it's our first special guest on the podcast, John St. John. <laughs> Charlie, you killed it. That's the, that's the like, best Big impression I've ever heard. <laughs> And that's coming from someone who hates Big the Cat's voice. Well, I have to read it again because you interrupted me right after I said it, so I can't make a complete thought. Are you okay? Asked Big as he poured her a nice tall glass of little did he know that was actually Blaze's favorite beverage. That's a very interesting way of framing that that, uh, sentence. There's no noun. It's just a parenthetical after where a noun should be. I think we're supposed to use our imagination. Yeah. Oh, that's dangerous territory. Oh, no. It's milk. <laughs> it's a breakfast dog. Her favorite <laughs> beverage. Blaze replied, I'm alright. I'm just shocked to find another cat. Where I come from, I'm the only one. Oh, really? Well, my name is Big. What's your name? Asked Big <laughs> as he handed her the... Again, use your imagination. <laughs> it's consistent. It's on purpose. I'm Blaze the Cat. What's your name? Asked Blaze. I'm Big. Blaze is a cute name. Why do they call you that? Big asked. Blaze then showed Big a spectacle of fire. Big just clapped really fast and said, Pretty. <laughs> Blaze could tell Big was a simple-minded person, but still there was something about him that kept her there. Then she drank her glass of blank. <laughs> They don't have to say um. You can just say drink. <laughs> I'm. I just get. I just get caught. Caught. Caught off guard every time. Every single time. <laughs> I can't blame you. If you pre-read this, I think you'd still get caught off guard. <laughs> yeah. After a few days of recovery, Blaze was finally in tip-top shape. Big decided to get to know her better. Big took her to the lake and showed her the joys of fishing, and Blaze showed him the joys of beige. Blaze, <laughs> that hold it. That is, that is referring to a blowjob, yeah. Yeah, for sure, right? Is I the I, joys of beige? I, <laughs> has, I it's it's dot 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 beige. <laughs> it's like fishing and head. I I Do believe I, be, I believe I believe the word. The phrase you're looking for is fishing and chill. <laughs> Do we need to censor the word bead? I don't know. I I don't think I've heard that word before, or I have. It's like B, just... it's like BJ. It's like a, like for yeah. Bro, for yeah. For I, bro I, job. I understand oh, that. Man. You say... <laughs> oh fuck. Well, I did no, I say it was T rated, so it's yeah. I think it's fine. This technically should be M rated for that one word. But like, 
Listen, I already made the mistake of deciding to find one fanfiction <laughs> with Big in it. So let's just keep going with it. Yeah, please yeah, do. showed him the joys of Beach. Blaze had so much fun fishing, and she saw that Big had intelligence in other aspects. Like she found out Big is an expert on the Walking Dead trivia, and that he was, for some reason... Blaze just thought it was... I gotta restart that whole phrase. Like she found out that Big is an expert on the Walking Dead trivia, and that he was a major brony. Big and Blaze then went to the movies to see this summer's biggest blockbuster, Planes, Fire and Rescue. Big thought the movie was awesome, and it really spoke to him for some reason. Blaze just thought it was alright, but she was glad she had Big but she was glad she had Big was happy. Months had passed, and Blaze and Big officially in love, so in love in fact, that they were officially Facebook official. <laughs> they were inseparable. They did everything together, fishing, of course, book burnings, playing Ride to Hell Retribution, of course. Beige. <laughs> One day, Big and Blaze took a trip to Amity Island where they had a glorious time, but unfortunately, something terrible had happened. While they were on a boat fishing, Jaws had just got done reading Sonic forums online and saw the, that Big was a hated Sonic character. And first he took Sonic seriously, he decided to take matters into his own hands. When Big's boat went towards the center of the ocean, Jaws attacked, ripping Big in half. Blaze was heartbroken, <laughs> seeing her lover ripped apart. She went to a deep, deep depression. She returned to the Tiki Hut and told Froggy what had happened. Froggy just looked at her with a single tear in his eye. Blaze packed up her stuff and left. Part 3 <laughs> Blaze wandered aimlessly around the world, but all she could think about was Big. She missed him so much that she built a statue in his honor. She then remembered Silver and all the good times she had with him and realized she loved Silver too. And so, she changed her Facebook status back to single and went to Soliana to find Silver contemplating on the beach. The end. <laughs> the end! Mic drop. So, this is a totally different kind of excellent, right? It would seem so. It's it's not bad. Like, I liked it. Like, I... It seems like this person wrote this with the intent of it being funny. Yeah. And they nailed their timing yeah timing is absolutely the right word because i think the comedic timing is really good consistently yeah it seems like the spots where you're supposed to laugh are on purpose yeah and i i'm trying to like see how i would interpret this if it were serious <laughs> and i still think it's kind of like like funny and cute yeah <laughs> like in a in a very weird way for sure so i have i have two favorite parts about this uh i hope that's allowed yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, so my first favorite part is Jaws found out that the Sonic community hates Big the Cat. And <laughs> and because he takes Sonic so seriously, he took matter into his own hands. Like, I like this bit because it's saying, like, just shut up. Like, just enjoy media. And that's all you have to do. <laughs> like, we don't have to murder Big. Yeah, like, you don't have to murder him in a fan fiction. You can just, like, be happy and give him a romance with another cat, because the idea is funny. <laughs> so, when I was initially going through this, I was actually hoping I could find a big ex-honey fanfic. Because <laughs> I've had this headcanon where... Is it because they both wear sandals? No, no, hold on a second. No, what? <laughs> honey doesn't wear sandals. Doesn't she? She wears high heels. I think she wears, like, high heel boots, like... 
like red. Oh, bits. maybe I'm cracked wide open. I might be thinking of sticks or something. So, like Blaze from the future. So I had this head cannon that Big and Honey got together and had Blaze. That's lit. And like Blaze is purple, so. You need to write this story now. I will eventually. Her last name is the Cat. The only reason I hate it is because Big is involved, and if you remove my personal biases from that, I love it, actually. <laughs> but Big dies at the end. You're well, right. <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I think he's talking about your story, Charlie, not <laughs> this story. Yeah. Unless Big dies at the end of your story, too, which I'm... No. no. I'm not... I mean, <laughs> well, I'm not Jaws. I don't take it too seriously. He doesn't have to die. <laughs> and then Isaiah ripped Big in half because he didn't like him. Oh, man. My second favorite part about this is, like... The bit where it starts, like it opens with the plot of Sonic 06, and then a bunch of stuff happens, and then it closes just picking up right where it left off. There was a three-month gap in between them getting (laughs) separated and them reuniting. This is the Sonic 06 OVA. Like, the idea is that all of Part 2 and, like, parts of Part 1 happen behind the scenes during Sonic 06 and is a part of 06's canon. It's really good. Charlie, what was your favorite part of this story? Because you, you were cold reading this, right? You didn't really pre-read all of it? No. <laughs> I just like them interacting. I mean, I really want to just have the dialogue and there's only so much, but that's just because Blaze only has so much. Yeah. Yeah. And they handled it in like a pretty cute way for the characters, I think? Yeah. Yeah. I I was, like, I feel so naive because when it said she saw Big had intelligence in other aspects, I thought I was about to, like, see the side of Big I had never examined before. And it immediately <laughs> is like, oh, yeah, he's an expert on the Walking Dead trivia. <laughs> like, I got got. I think that's on yeah. me, though. <laughs> Man, the story... Yeah. yeah, dude, the drink going unnamed, <laughs> but being definitely her favorite drink. Yeah, it, man, it's like perfect. I think that does exactly like that's the comedy of the rule of threes. Like that comes up three times yeah. and then it's done. It, it's perfect, and for some reason, like he breaks the rule of threes with a Facebook joke, but it still works. Yeah. So I looked into this author, Creamy the Goodness. Yeah. This story was written in 2014. This is the only thing they've posted here. Okay. I mean, they clearly had a passion, and they made an account to make that story. That's true. Oh, okay. Here at the top of the story, they say that this is their first fan fiction. Their goal is to write something stupid involving Big Cat and Blaze the Cat, but it's mainly a comedy story about their love affair. Yeah. I think they killed it. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that is pleasant or something that's nice about this like genre of story this like crack fiction is you don't necessarily need to be a good writer you just need to be a good comedian which maybe involves being at least a little bit of a good writer but i think this was somebody who was like i'm gonna write something that's exactly stupid enough and lasts exactly long enough for all of the jokes to land and then i'm gonna leave yeah and they leave in such a nice wrapping up the bow way yeah (laughs) <laughs> That's the best part. Guys, what if fanfiction's actually good? I've been... T- I opened this episode by saying that we like fanfiction, so you're allowed to think it's good. <laughs> hmm. I'm considering it. <laughs> <laughs> so are we back around to me now? Uh, yeah. How, how many words was your story, Isaiah? It was almost 4,000 words. 
Okay. I did not fully read one of my stories, and since Charlie's cold read went so amazingly well, I'm kind of <laughs> just feeling the cold read, so I'm going to read my medium-sized story. All right, let's do it. All right, let me get the link for you guys. The name of my next story is Spillage, and it's by Kiba Sniper, all one word. And it is also on Archive of Our Own. And then uh, let me know whenever you guys are ready to read. I think it's actually pronounced Archive of Four Own. Uh, it's called Superb Owl. Thank you. Also, you have to actually post the link. Did I not? Nope. Apparently not. I didn't hit enter? God, what a bastard. <laughs> Alright, I'm ready. <laughs> Jeez. Can't believe I didn't post it. What a shithead. <laughs> Spillage by Kiba Sniper. The incessant knocking on her bedroom door continued no matter how many times she shouted at them to stop. She pinched her bottle of eyeliner so tightly that she almost feared it would snap in half. Sucking down a deep breath, Wave shook her head and raised her eyeliner wand, continuing to carefully apply her makeup. Wave, come on! Are you gonna spend all night in there? You don't want to keep your date waiting. Rouge might fly back off to her club. Yeah, boss is right. <laughs> You're the one who yells at us for not sticking to a schedule, but look how the tables have turned. Got that right, Storm. The laughing fit ensuing outside of her room brought a growl rising up from the back of her throat. Wave glared at her door from the mirror, gnashing down on her molars, and shoved her wand back into the bottle. Chucking the bottle at the door, she snapped that she needed a few more minutes and to leave her alone. Eep, uh, she's getting testy, boss. Of course she is. She's never been the late one ever in her entire life. But I guess there's a first for everything. Wave bit back a smart comment as she turned... Oops. My throat is getting phlegmy as hell. Dude, it's, it's the worst. <coughs> This is this is why if Audible ever asks if you want to do a reading, you say no, and then you say, wait, how much are you paying? And then you hear the amount they're paying, and then you say, oh, yeah. We need to cut Basi that out. Basically what I'm saying uh, is uh, Audible <laughs> hire me. I'll cut out part of it. I don't know. Whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you can cut that bit out if it's not funny. <laughs> I will, we'll see, dude. Yeah, don't. you don't have to tell me that you cut it out if you feel like it would insult me if it turned out that it wasn't funny. The concept, at the very least, was funny. I'll just have to figure out if the delivery after editing is funny. Okay. All right. Wave bit back a smart comment as she turned around to her mirror, her hip bumping into her metal dresser. Bickering with Jet and Storm was like preaching to a brick wall. They'd evolved to jeering or running off whenever she tried lecturing them, and she was in no mood to deal with their childish insults. She dug her knuckles back into her palm, resisting the urge to chew them out only to catch sight of her watch. Eight minutes past nine mocked her. The night continued on with minutes seemingly speeding by as she stood slack. Whoops. Aw, <laughs> oh, cold read is so hard. How did you do that, Charlie? <laughs> it helps that we kept interrupting him by laughing. Uh, practice. <laughs> practice from doing a radio show. And, and also doing a, a comics summary cold read. <laughs> yeah, remember, I had to deal with Isaiah's script. God, that's right. The worst kind of fan fiction. <laughs> the worst kind of fan fiction. A reiteration of something already published. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't remind me. The night continued on with minutes seemingly speeding by as she stood slack-jawed because of her own mistakes. She knew she should not have been working so hard on modifying their extreme gear when she had a date, but she immersed herself so intensely in her work that she completely forgot. Wave became lost in a world of mechanical ingenuity by the time she was dragged back to reality by Jet and Storm knocking on her door. She flipped her head back to her mirror and took in her appearance. A worn leather jacket and black slacks seemed appropriate for a dinner date, and then a night on the town. She wore one of her many white tops and quickly smoothed out any wrinkles. 
Her black pumps were polished and spotless, matching her gloves as well. Her makeup, liquid glitter eyeshadow, and winged eyeliner had no flaws. Wave sighed and flexed her tense fingers. She straightened her back and smiled at her reflection, channeling her inner diva with a dramatic pose and wink. Even if she was late, her attire was perfectly on point and her makeup was flawless. Wave rationalized her lateness further by reminding herself that Rouge had been the tardy one on their first date. She figured it was fine to be late if her partner had a habit of never being on time. Fashionably late, Wave whispered, smoothing her jacket. That's what I am, and that's what Rouge is for the most part. Perfectly fashionably late, so everything is... Wave cut herself off and the teasing voices of Jet and Storm faded as if they were whispering ghosts. A slimy crawling sensation suddenly ran down her waist and legs, pinning her pants to her shins as if they glued to her. Wave slowly looked down at her lower half, and her beak dropped open. On her dresser was liquid glitter eyeshadow spreading across the counter. In steady streams, the eyeshadow plummeted over the edge of her dresser and collided with her pants and shoes. The bubblegum color smeared across her attire and created a small puddle by her feet. When she bumped into the dresser, her uncapped eyeshadow spilled out, surrounding her with bright pink ooze. She blinked, almost expecting to wake up from a bad dream and be tucked in her bed, but the eyeshadow continued dripping onto her clothes. Her scream echoed throughout the Babylon Rogue's airship, and if her voice could extend across the world, it would have rocked the continents with the force of thrashing tornadoes. Her moves were a flurry, like fast-forwarding a video. She dashed into her bathroom, snatching fresh towels off the counter and shooting back to the mess. She inhaled the faint cosmetic scent that swarmed around her head as she alternated between wiping her attire and the dresser. Stupid, 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 how can I make such an obvious mistake? How do I forget to cap that bottle? Wave seethed, smacking one of the drenched towels onto her dresser. Uh, Wave, you good in there? She had not heard the door open and Jet and Storm poked their heads inside with wide-eyed fervor. She jerked her attention back to the glittering eyeshadow coating her shins, groaning as Storm snickered. Aw, oh, Wave, you made a mess, Storm cackled, pointing at her. That's like a kindergartner marketing the- what? <laughs> Whoa, okay. Not, not marketing. <laughs> That's like a kindergartner marking themselves all over with a marker. That's a poor analogy, idiot. Waves- oh, I thought that was Jeff. <laughs> That's a poor analogy, idiot. Waves snapped, tempted to slap him with a soiled towel. Jet shook his head at Storm, and Storm immediately stopped laughing as Jet asked, Need help cleaning? Storm and I can take care of the mess. You should take care of yourself. And make myself much more late than I already am? Get real, Jet, Wave hissed, stomping over to her bathroom and returned with hand towels. Besides, I'm the fool who didn't even cap her eyeshadow right and caused this whole puddle to happen. Just go away and don't even think about laughing again or my wrench will be very friendly with your skulls. Rolling his eyes at her scowl, Jet remarked, Chill out, Wave. Just let us help, okay? You really should go in the bathroom and fix yourself up. Storm and I got this. The temptation to shout at them from their previous mocking surged in her mind, but she bit her tongue. She had no time to bicker with her cohorts inside, nodding and scurrying into her bathroom after gathering an armful of new clothes. Slamming the door shut behind her, she immediately addressed her marred pants and shoes. Wave tossed the fresh clothes onto the countertop. She fished through... <laughs> okay. She fished through... <laughs> she fished through... Oh, fucking fished she through. She fished through jeans and slacks. Freaking fist through. It's Dude, terrible. it's it's rough. She fished through jeans and slacks, grumbling when she noticed oiled marks clinging to the fabric. Even though she dutifully did her laundry, the tough stains refused to evaporate and left behind faded drops of oil. She sighed, deciding on a pair of bell-bottom jeans, ones she thought were not entirely appropriate for a fancy club. Glancing down at her shoes, Wave kicked them off and hustled out of her bathroom. Hurrying over to her closet, she spared her cohorts a glance and found them cleaning her mess. She caught Storm's smile and briefly returned it before flinging herself into the closet. To Jet and Storm, Wave was a purple blur. Each time they looked over to her closet, her arms shot out and flung a rejected shoe. 
Storm chuckled under his breath and Jet rolled his eyes. While Jet was more keen on trends, he thought Wei was being a little too meticulous in her fashion choices. Storm, known only for his taste in necklaces, thought the same. <laughs> Wei stumbled out of her closet wearing a pair of scarlet high heels. She heaved out a few sharp breaths, wiping sweat off her brow and clutched her hips. Well, what do you two think? She asked, catching her breath and smirking. Standing by the spotty dresser, Jet and Storm grinned. Jet offered a thumbs up, saying she looked great, and Storm nodded. Wave grinned, basking in their presence when the door opened. The Babylon rogues looked at each other for a moment. Storm pointed at Jet and Wave and then himself before the trio turned their full attention to the door. Hey, hon, glad I caught you before you left, Ruse said, waving and leaning against the doorframe. She held her extreme gear under her arm, and to Wave's surprise, she wore her regular attire. Rouge, what are you doing here? Wasn't I wasn't I supposed to meet you at our regular spot? Wave spluttered, and the storm quickly stepped in front of Wave's dresser to hide the mess. Rouge chuckled, a pink tint burning her cheeks. Oh yeah, about that. It turns out my mission went on for much longer than I anticipated. When I got to the restaurant, they already gave our table away, and I forgot to call in ahead of time to make sure we'd have it. My bad. Wave gawked and then promptly pinched the br Wave gawked and then promptly pinched It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> Wave gawked and then promptly pinched the bridge of her beak. A tired groan slipped out of her, and she ignored Jet and Storm laughing behind her. Well, I guess being late worked out for you in the end, Wave. It didn't even matter that you spilled your eyeshadow, Storm cheered, and Wave's glare pierced through his very soul. As Storm huddled behind him, Jet snickered. Aw, oh, it's fine, Wave. Now you can just relax with your girlfriend here, or whatever it is you two do on dates. Now, now, you boys leave your idle chit-chat to yourselves, Rouge ordered, waving her finger like a scalding mother and stepped towards the scarlet-faced swallow. She wreathed her arm around Wave's waist, pulling her close. Why don't we go out for a ride, Wave? I'll do the work and you can hold on tight. At Rouge's wink, Wave's shoulders shot up and she stiffened. Her mind formed an eloquent response, and with the clustering stress from her mishap, she found herself unable to speak. Rouge chuckled, gently taking Wave's hand and tugging her along. Wave managed to stick her tongue out at her fellow rogues when they hooted behind her, kicking the door as she left. Rough night? Rouge asked, tossing her extreme gear on the hallway floor. Oh, just a bit, Wave said, stepping on the board with Rouge in front of her. Wrapping her arms around Rouge's waist, she set her chin to Rouge's shoulder and added, Take me anywhere but here. Rouge hummed and lightly pecked Wave's temple. You got it, babe. One starry night flight it is. Wave listened to the rising hum of the extreme gear and grinned. As Rouge raced towards the loading dock, Wave felt right at home. So the first note that I have about this is in the first couple paragraphs, it mentions Wave gnashing down on her molars. Yeah. Which is great word choice for any character except the one with a beak. Yeah, but do they also have teeth? I don't think so. Yeah, I was very confused by that. They have fingers. They That's, that's true. Maybe they have teeth. They speak proper English. <laughs> but like, I hope not. They can make th sounds. You, you know what? My my friggin' Bokun ate breakfast, and he's a robot, so <laughs> I don't know. And he didn't die. And he didn't die. <laughs> Bokun clearly had some doubts that he would, like, live. There was there was a non-zero chance that Sonic had poisoned the chili... Sorry, the breakfast dogs. The line where Bokun said that it was less likely that Sonic would scrap tails is so good. But yeah, what'd you guys think of Spillage? I think this story is really relatable to people who are not me. Because <laughs> you don't get stressed before a date? Well, it, because I, like... Don't yeah. care about your appearance? <laughs> it's because, like, I think I, I think it's be with this story, it's so meticulous how much attention is put on, like, this is what I'm doing to look good in this way, and then in this way, and then in this way. 
and if something happens, I have to, like, figure out how to change my plan, and, like, this is what I'm going through, you know? And I think it's so much more than I personally can relate to, you know? I, the the way that I felt like I was easily able to relate to it is that, first of all, I like to be punctual. Yeah. So when I'm late to something, it feels bad. Oh, I feel bad, yeah. And then also, like, when you are late to something, you try to find as many excuses and explanations as possible. <laughs> I feel like I can only imagine this story was written, like, based on real experience. Yeah. You know? But also, haven't you ever, like, spilled something on clothes that are, oh, like, yeah. more important than just a t-shirt? Yeah. And, like, you get into that zone where, like, a sibling is roasting you, also? <laughs> like, maybe that's not before a date or something, but, like, you've had a sibling, like, roast you while you're trying to get something figured out? I do like the dynamic of, like, these two are just roasting her the whole time, and then they're like... Okay, but, like, we should help her. And then once they're done, it's, like, it's roast time again. <laughs> yeah, like, when things go too far south, they're like, alright, well, uh, this is, like, serious. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as it's not serious again, they're right back to just being, like, a couple <laughs> of jackasses. The, it's, it's a switch is flipped. That's all it takes. Yeah. I do think that maybe there's, like, a little too much time for us specifically focused on makeup. But, yeah. like, I like the premise of the story a lot. Alright. I like Rouge. <laughs> Rouge is written well. Yes, I agree. The ending, I think we can all agree no matter what, the ending is really good. Yeah. I like the imagery of, like, Wave is, like, she's got her chin on Rouge's sh shoulder. Like, that's yeah. that's a real, like, these two are, are very, obviously they're dating. Like, that's right. a thing that people who date do, right? They're, like, a few steps further than any of the rest of our stories have had yeah. characters be so far. And it's 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 affectionate in a way that... Uh, kind of like the first story, it's, it's affectionate in a way that doesn't, like, occur to you when you're trying to think about ways that people are affectionate. And that makes you, that makes you notice it more when you're reading it and, like, think more about sort of what it adds, you know? Yeah. Thus far, we've avoided any kisses on the lips, right? Yeah. What if that's secretly because the author does not know how to describe that between a, a regular mouth and a beak? <laughs> because that's kind of what I was thinking as I was, like, like reading this slash hearing Steven narrate. That's real. Yeah, but Rouge is the one who lightly pecks someone. <laughs> that's true. When Rouge was the one who pecked, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> you sure it wasn't the other way around? Also, one starry night flight it is. Really good. Yeah. Honestly, I, when I heard ride and there was like a wing, <laughs> I thought it was a euphemism. <laughs> because it's rouge. That's, you know what? That's real. Oh, the man. one starry night flight, I was like, oh, they're about to Aladdin. Yeah, dude. I can it's show like a good image, right? She, she's going to show Wave the world. Yeah, the weird future pseudo world. <laughs> with, with extreme gear. <laughs> Works especially great because uh, Wave is a descendant of genies. And or aliens. And or yeah. aliens. <laughs> yeah, dude. And Rouge is a bat with tits. Yep, that sure is Rouge the character. <laughs> well, I also just like the the implementation of Extreme Gear. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted a story that featured Extreme Gear. <laughs> I got my story with swords, and I got my story with Extreme Gear. I feel like I've achieved something. I feel like you specifically searched Archive of Our Own looking for Jet the Hawk. Like, <laughs> Stop saying like, what I did. You were like, filter Stop. must include Jet the Hawk. Stop saying what I did. <laughs> There's one more piece of my plan that you haven't noticed yet. Oh, yeah? I also, like, sorted it by 
least words possible and then just went from like the shortest <laughs> to the longest part on the like the first page incredible yeah i just i just looked for um at one point i was like i just i want to go friendship and then i found something that was romance slash friendship and i was like let's see where this goes and it kind of was exactly romance slash friendship yeah well either way are you ready for your second story isaiah uh oh yeah i don't <laughs> yeah okay Hold it. Okay, wait. Let's rewind a little bit. I don't know if I can take anymore. <laughs> this this has been a fairly long episode, so I think we can cut it off here. If you know. Well, first, let me ask. Yeah. Did you guys think thumbs up on this story? Yeah. This is probably my least favorite of what we've read, but I I definitely still give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I think it's well written. Mm-hmm. I think there are certainly enjoyable parts of it. Like the characters are done well. Yeah. I think it it probably lingers a little bit too much on the well, I, but maybe maybe that's wrong of me to say because maybe the point is the process of getting ready and stressed out, and that specific experience is what sort of the story is about. Yeah, it meanders in like it, it's like kind of how your story meandered a little bit, yeah. but we just like that meandering more. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Although I definitely, like, I don't know, have you guys ever had to, like, wear a uniform to a place, and then that uniform is either not clean or quickly becomes not clean in an unexpected event? I have somehow avoided that specific experience, and I honestly do not know how. Alright, Isaiah, let me hit you with this. You're about to go on stage for a show, and then suddenly, just, like, tons of glitter glue falls onto you, (laughs) and you're about to go on stage. (laughs) I, I... I have some questions about the story leading up to the glitter glue falling on me. Those questions are mostly, what is that story? Like... Charlie, what what were you going to (laughs) say? I remember the morning of my grandma's funeral when I was having breakfast in my uncle's garage and I had dipped my tie into my apple juice. (laughs) 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 And... It was there my dad and my mom like immediately made the comparison to Jake from Two and a Half Men did that to like his soup but with like spaghetti sauce. Which honestly oh, is a lot worse than just dipping your tie in apple juice. Oh yeah. Yeah. But still my <laughs> parents were just like, Oh god. That's such a good, <laughs> that's so good. And also I'm so sorry. But yeah, like what I'm getting at is even if none of us do makeup, like I think we understand having to get dressed up for an event and then suddenly something goes wrong and you feel like it's just the end of the world. And if you're lucky, you've got someone there to support you and you get through and it's not as bad. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what the story is trying to capture and it just does it in, you know, in terms of makeup. Did I ever tell you guys that I, that I have written fan fiction? I don't think you've told the podcast. It was never as good as any of these stories, which I think kind of is a given considering I was, like, 11 when I was writing it. Yeah, and also I assume yours wasn't a joke, which is, like, I think it's probably easier for your first thing that you write being a joke to, like, be funny if you're, yeah, you know, that's for sure. good at being funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrote, like, I, I was trying to trying to write real, like, narrative-driven stuff, and I have never had the courage to go back and reread it because I know it's going to be truly terrible, but I have previously, like gone back and looked at my like plot outline notes and been like yeah this is this a good writer could do something with this (laughs) i've dabbled in the fanfic realm a little bit but never anything too major yeah a few pages here and there so to speak i enjoy writing but i don't do it because i don't enjoy it that much (laughs) (laughs) 
I definitely think that there was another concept for this episode that we had that was we each write a tiny little fanfic of our own and then yeah. present our homework. I definitely think that is still on the table. It is. The main reason I didn't do it is because I was not willing to become that vulnerable, like, on such short notice. <laughs> Because I think when you when you're writing like anything, but in partic- in this case specifically fan fiction, you're like you have to put some of yourself into it. You have to be like, this is art that I'm creating, and yeah. the only way you can prevent doing that is if you do it like super ironically and write a crack fiction. And that's not necessarily bad, but it is for purposes of our podcast, the coward's way out. Yeah, there's a degree of pride on writing a legitimate story to yeah. prove you can. Like, I want to write a good story, but, like, I don't want to because if I do and I'm not quite successful, then that's way worse than if I never tried. That's why I, like, respect so much all of these stories because they're they're putting it out there, and that's, that's incredible. Yeah, for sure. And also, like, I was kind of... We kind of just picked these at random, right? Like, no yeah. one was looking super hard and i feel like they're all bangers i i was not expecting them to be this good i kind of <laughs> wish i found one that wasn't ironic <laughs> but that's my fault for not like actually skimming through it i think it's good that we had one ironic one yeah that's true like so we get the full width of k through teen rated stories yeah because i don't want the m the m rated stories i have a whole different genre that i do not think we need to cover <laughs> Charlie, are you also down for the idea of writing fan fiction and presenting it for another episode? Yeah. It doesn't have to be about relationships, necessarily. No, it has to be. <laughs> Unless we wait a full year and it's, it's February again. <laughs> Which we could do. What's I'm, the opposite of February? Uh, Rub-fuary. August? <laughs> it would be six months, so it would be the eight, yeah August, right? What if we do it on November so it's NaNoWriMo and we each write an entire a full book length fan fiction <laughs> uh better idea we each I write an act so i write act one you write act two and charlie writes act three uh allow me to say no <laughs> have you guys ever seen that art challenge where you take a piece of paper and you fold it in half and you draw like two lines at the fold and then one person draws the top and then the other person draws the bottom like you flip it over while it's folded i have played that game i have done that thing and I don't like doing it because I am surrounded by better artists than I am. Uh, we do that, but it w- it's with words. Yeah. So we write the last and first sentence of like chapter three and four, and then we do that for chapter like six and seven, and then you have to write everything before the last sentence. I and after the first disagree. Sentence. <laughs> no, it's it's great. What if we, we also have to make the sentences so specific? <laughs> what if we do that bit where like we pull a genre from a from a hat? each time we do it so like halfway through the story it switches totally tone and like environment that isn't hasn't been established yet like i'd say i also want to write sonic writers fan fiction (laughs) (laughs) yeah tails pulls out extreme gear and then in the next act he pulls out a pistol no, it's just that Tails pulls out extreme gear, and then the next act, it's Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, and they're aliens. <laughs> God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, this has been fun. I'm glad we did this. Me too. Yeah. What was your guys' favorite story each? Spillage. Spillage was your favorite? Yeah. All right. I think my favorite might be uh, Secrets. 
Yeah, mine is uh, between secrets and breakfast details. Breakfast details got me on every level. <laughs> I I really identified with breakfast details. Like, it felt really authentic to me. Yeah. This takes place after Tune Up, so you're probably going to want to read that first. I never saw that at the very top of the story, and I regret <laughs> it. But now I know what I'm reading next. <laughs> All right, well, you can find the No Spin Dash Zone on Twitter, <laughs> at No Spin Dash Zone, and you can email us at the Gmail account, nospindashzone at gmail.com. We'd love to hear feedback on this concept. Uh, send us your fan fiction. Oh, hell yeah. It, I, I mean, that's pretty bold. <laughs> like, you can tell us if you don't want us to read it, but if you want us to read it, hell yeah, we will read people's fan fiction on the show, and it will be just as kind as this one was. There will be... The uttermost respect. Like, unless unless you're, like, you know, if you write something intentionally, like, bad, you know? If you do crack fiction that's, like, supposed to be, you know, then we will respond appropriately. We will make fun of it only as much as is appropriate. If you write a Beyblade Sonic crossover fanfiction, I will read it. If you, if you write a... Hold on, let me think. Knuckles, you better be ready to let it rip, because <laughs> you're going down. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have a crossover. I actually don't like anything. So, <laughs> Doctor Who Sonic. Doctor Who Sonic. Oh man. Oh no. Doctor oh, Who no. man. Write Sonic into the plot of Kingdom Hearts. Pull a yeah, Kingdom Hearts difficult. in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's so hard to write a world into Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. No. I, no. I'm saying like make Sonic go to a Kingdom Hearts world that is just all the cutscenes of Kingdom Hearts, but Sonic is there. The way that Kingdom Hearts is all the cutscenes of X film, but Sora is there. What? That's still easy. It's just like less. You you don't get a Sonic's world. You just get like a snarky blue man. <laughs> it's it's it. Write write the next. Uh, That's just write Kingdom Hearts, but Axel is the protagonist. I, I have a new bit. Write the next storybook Sonic game. <laughs> it's it's set in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh my God. It's set in uh, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. It's set in Moby Dick. <laughs> he just wanted to say the word dick. <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. And you can follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw something sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you're new to this podcast, we review Sonic games. Oh, That's yeah, true. if this is yeah. your first episode of the podcast, whew. check them out. <laughs> Enjoy. First of all, welcome. <laughs> it's not usually like this. It's usually much worse. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. It, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like the games that we review are usually worse than the stories <laughs> that we reviewed today, I guess. That's true. These are more well-written than the games. Yeah, plot-wise, yes. There's only like maybe four Sonic games where I like the plot. It'd be Sonic Battle, Sonic Chronicles, but we haven't quite gotten there yet. Yeah. It would be... Alright, this this episode is the longest episode we've ever made. <laughs> That's so... not true. That is, that is not true. You have not listened to our Sonic Adventure 2 episodes. Oh, God. Also, listen to our Sonic Adventure 2 episodes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but like only if you're our age and demographic, because <laughs> I don't think that you could stomach that if you did not already super love Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Yeah. Or Sonic Adventure 2. Spin you later. Yeah, spin you later. Yeah, don't forget to spin out. I'm trying a new... All right, bye. <laughs>
wait, we need to address the elephant in the room, which is that the Sonic movie comes out on Valentine's Day, and this is obviously being recorded before Valentine's Day, but we will have an episode reviewing that movie up after we've all had a chance to see it. So if that was the Valentine's Day special you were hoping for, I'm sorry, we can't, like, go to a, like, full-length film <laughs> and then record a full-length podcast and then edit that all in the course of about four hours. But the good news is you're getting two Valentine's Day specials. One for you and one for your partner. <laughs> you just listen to one, you switch. <laughs> this is, how's it going? Just thumbs up. <laughs> I like how for the Sonic movie, we're definitely going to go see it. But like for Team Sonic Racing, like, eh, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. All right, now you can spin later. All right, spin presently. S- spin at your own pace. Spin, gotta <laughs> spin fast. We'd like to thank the LAG Radio Network for hosting our show on platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and lots more. If you enjoyed our show, you can find the rest of what the LAG Radio Network has to offer by searching for the LAG Radio Network on any of these platforms.